Hey there, Foster Care Nation. This is Jason with Foster Care and Unparalleled Journey. Here with a couple quick housekeeping notes. Uh, number one, most importantly, the website has changed. We are now at fostercarenation.com. Be sure to go over and check that out. We've got a couple blog posts over there. We've got all the, the uh, podcast information is up there. You can stream it right off of the website or find links to all the other platforms if you're interested in catching up with some of our older shows. This week, we talked to Darren W. Carter and his wife, Teresa Carter, about their experience with the foster care system. Darren and Teresa are a great couple. They've not only fostered quite a few kids, they also are taking care of Teresa's mother, who is home with some illnesses. So sit back, relax, and listen in. Foster care in Unpella Journey. With Jason and Amanda Palmer. We like to talk about foster care and adoption and anything related. We tell stories about foster kids, bio kids, adoptive kids. We talk to caseworkers and anybody involved in the foster and adoptive system. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at fosteruj at gmail.com or check us out on our website at fostercarenation.com. Hi, and welcome to Foster Care, an unparalleled journey with Jason and Amanda. We are here today with Darren and Teresa Carter. Teresa is a woman of God, wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, and friend who values each of those roles to the best of her ability. Darren is an okay dude who loves being involved in the community. He has co-founded the Cleveland Dads Group, founded All Geared Up, a family bike event, and a lover of barbecue. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. We're doing well. How about you all? Doing great, doing great. I have to say, I watched you on YouTube the other day showing us how to make some St. Louis-style ribs, and Amanda does not like ribs, so we never make ribs around here. But you did make me hungry. You did make me hungry, I'm just going to say. I'm very particular about what kind of meat I'll eat. (laughs) You're in St. Louis. I I am. I am, but I'm very particular about what meat I'll eat, and ribs are not one of those things. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he is too. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I'd eat ribs all day. We actually have a place not too far from us. I found a barbecue joint about 15, 20 miles away that I can get her to eat there. And if I could afford to go there on a regular basis, I would because it's delicious. Uh, but I digress. We're not here to talk about barbecue. <laughs> not here to talk about barbecue. Day. Whenever, whenever right. I get and know how to package, cook and package, I got you. Don't worry, I got you. Next day delivery. There you go. That's what we need. Yeah, you guys are in Cleveland, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, 216. All All my life. And and hers, too, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we we, we are Clevelanders. Uh, I love my town. And, um, you know, though we get a bad rap, uh, you would have to be here to experience it. And it's what I know. I've, I've been a lot of many places. Seen a lot of faces, as they say, but I love coming home. I love coming home. I hear you. We, we claim to be from the St. Louis area, although St. Louis is about a mile down the road. We're in rural Missouri, and it has mm-hmm. its advantages. You know, I work in the city a lot, but, I mean, really, we're rural people. We, we moved out of the we, – we were in the suburbs for quite a few years together, and then we've moved out here to the country, and that's actually kind of where our foster journey, you know, really came into full swing. Because our first, I guess, unofficial foster child was – Let's see. It was Amanda's half sister. Mm-hmm. That would make my daughter my half 
sister-in-law. I don't know. It was something like that. <laughs> but she, yeah, she her, her mom had some addiction issues, and she lived us, with us for years and called us mom and dad. So when we moved out this way, um, it was really easy for us to, to look at, at our life and go, hey, we're at a place where we could do this. And that's kind of where we stepped into fostering. What got you guys into it? Well, actually, okay, we have a we have stages in our story. <laughs> we we've been married twenty years. This past July, this coming up July. Congratulations! Thank you. But is it you know how with Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and everything there was an asterisk with it <laughs> with, with the whole run. We, out of these twenty one years, we were separated too. Almost almost three. Yeah, so almost three. And um, prior to that, you know, Teresa had always talked about. I can, I can talk about it myself. Maybe we should answer it separately. How about that? I'll okay. start because I you fostering start. is okay. something that I always wanted to do. That's what See, it goes way back. I know you was, but I'm right here. Why can't I say it? <laughs> fostering is something I always wanted to do. This goes back to I could think of being in even like a junior high, just thinking, oh, I can help, you know, someone, you know, is that kind of help someone else and be there with someone. It's something I always wanted to do. Um, Darren is actually my second marriage, and even in my first marriage, it's something I desired then. But you know, it takes a special uh, person to, you know what I'm saying, your partner has to be on board with that also. And it's not that he felt anything wrong or per se against it, but there are some spouses that will feel like, no, I prefer my own, or at least my own first. So um, I didn't, you know, go go that direction at that time. So uh, meeting Darren and marrying Darren, um, Darren's just a different phenomenal man in that sense. Um, I don't want to tell the story too fast, but just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, his heart towards children, his heart towards me, his heart, his love is. Uh, I just, I just say he has a beautiful heart, you know. So um, it was a direction that I decided to take while we were separated. I got started in fostering at that time. And um, we were already involved in, in one person in our life. Our godchild was already in our life together, who remained a part of our life together even once we separated. It was, he was our child. You know, we were a big part of his life. And I'll let him really uh, explain that. But I got into the actual fostering, took the classes at the time we were separated, but it was an it was a what was I say a non issue. It wasn't an issue. It was never an issue. We didn't even have to discuss that Darren wanted to do the same. You know what I'm saying? When we came back together, so when we came back together, because when it first came up was earlier in our marriage, even prior to the split. And I was like, no, nah, I want my own. Um, out of the three that I've raised, I have no I have no biological children. <clears throat> so. I was one of those guys, you know, kind of one of my own. I was like, I ain't really, you know, it came up adoption because it ain't like we didn't try, you know, but uh, we never succeeded in getting pregnant. Um, So, you know, after things have happened, things went with the way they went. She became a foster. Um, We got back together. Of course, that being said, if, if we're back in the same household, both of them, you know, both of us have to be uh, licensed. And then at that point, I was just like, you know, that's fine. That's cool. Um, we had experience with our experience with our godson. Um, he was already a big part of our he life. He was a great big was, part. I mean, so it was much like so. being 
it was he was our godchild, but he was our he was, child. Our, he was my son. I would yes. say it this way. Yes. Not here again. I have no biological children. Yeah. We we it was her fault. I blame her. But <laughs> there was there was a um, there was a young lady at the church that we attended at the time who wanted us to be. We already mentored, or I tried to, or was mentoring his brother, his older brother. Um. So she wanted us to be godparents, and. As soon as she, unexpected child. Yeah, as soon as she had the baby, we had to go to the hospital, which I was like, why are we even going? I don't, you know, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> That's what it says in front of all. I dragged him yeah. out of the store. I'm like, no, we're going. Lord, he's here. So yeah. the second day, I held him in my hands. He, we got there, and this is my story. I'm sticking to it. We got there. Um, you know, the mother was kind of out of it. He was crying. She couldn't get him to start crying. Teresa, who's, you know, a mother of, of mothers, couldn't get her to start crying. But I held him, and he stopped crying. Um, he had a little smirk. It could have been gas, but anyway, <laughs> you know, he had a smirk. And but from that moment, I understood what fatherhood was. From that moment, and and, and, and granted, she had a you know child in her previous marriage. It was my daughter, who was our oldest child. So um, she came into your life. She came. She came into her life. but she came into my life at five. Right. That's so I didn't experience yeah. any of that. You know, from a, from an yeah. But yeah. holding him and that connection was boom. So what was strange, you know, she did things a little out of the ordinary. His mom, we had him when she left the hospital. First first two weeks, we had him every day. Yeah. I mean, wow. he didn't have that bond. She just, I don't she think she was for it. And I think if I understood at that point, that to the degree that she was, um, maybe we would have discussed foster adoption at that point. Well, we and, we did, but. This is what we this is what we disagree. She didn't want to do it because what about what she would think later? You know what I'm saying? Well, Trying as to, a mother, I yeah. couldn't conceive someone honestly, I couldn't conceive you not wanting your child. Your, that's just inconceivable to me. So for me, I didn't want to look back later and her feel like we took advantage of her. So I was fine with being godmother because I didn't want her later after she wanted the bond or after she did so that to say, well, I was just vulnerable and you took advantage something of that sort, you know? Right. So I was like, no, I don't think that's, you know, where she's going or what, what did she do at that point? To, um, it wasn't about my heart though, you know? This is, a, this, this, we're going to cut this because it's been, <laughs> yeah. but the bottom line was uh, I was unemployed at the time. So his first year was with me. She would drop him off. I would, he was with me all day and then he was with us every weekend. And then he was with us Weeks, so, yeah. Time, and so know. after that, when I did get a job, he was with me every weekend. So, and that was the only father he knew. But just fast forward about seven years, the father came back in. I think that was pressed, but it's okay. Um, he's ten now. He turned ten this year. We haven't really had any interaction with him for the last two years. Um, it's been devastating. Yeah, it, it it has, and it kind of started, but then it just cut off because of some misunderstandings. I know, but um. We did see him maybe like a month ago by happenstance. And her response, uh, she wrangled him up, ran away, and called the police on us. So that's where we're at with, 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 with that. And, you know, he is my heart. He was my first son. He was the, he was the one who, I mean, I learned from him. My, and my daughter's relationship got better because of how I learned how to father him. Because of him, I got into the Cleveland Dads group. Because of him, I got into all this other kind of stuff. All geared up. That all, that all geared up event, it is a community event where we go to a local school. We have, you know, pedal bikes where we have a, a five-mile bike ride. The police come and show their little tricks and 
We do bike safety, bike safety all kind of stuff. That came out of him. One day we was he was riding his tricycle. I was walking up. He's like, "Hey, Dad, can we ride bikes?" Because he knew I was in the dad stuff. Because he would yeah. go with me. Can we have all our dads ride all our bikes together? And I'm like, I guess why not? So <laughs> it's just, it was a small suburb community. I went to the council person. We talked a year later. Boom, all geared up. That was from the mind of a four year old, and it's been <laughs> you know it's been going on ever since. So. And I wanted him to see all those years. I said, dude, this is you. You thought of this. This is because yeah. you did it. Now you need to do now is just to see that if you put in the effort, we can get it done. So that was because of him. But um, it hurts. And we, we also feel that pain. We're fostering a lot. Our first, our first foster, a little wonderful little baby. We got her, what, two months? Oh, she was one month. One month. We call it chocolate month. <laughs> and um, her mother... Just had a bad set of events. I knew she was going to go back. You know, they're always we did the goal of reunification. Yep. So if I knew that she was going to be reunified, I knew I could tell her mom over, you know. And so I knew she was going to go back. It's just the way, the it way they did it. It was just like, boom, you know, one day, oh, we got to go to court. Next thing you know, get the phone call. Oh, uh, I have to come pick her up. She's going home. And I was like, what? Wait, what? You know, she's four months old then. You know, well, five months old thing because she came to us at one month. Mm-hmm. So we had her four months, very attached, obviously. It's hard not to get attached oh, yeah. to this. And um, she was very attached hard. to us, ripped out, straight out. My mother was in the hospital at the time. And so I had to go to my mother and take her out to her to see her at the hospital, but also tell her this is the last time she'd go see her, possibly. Mm-hmm. That was just very heartbreaking. I was yeah. at I was at work. I got a call, yes. Teresa, I'm, and I'm on a ladder about to fall. Like what, what, what? And uh, <laughs> she tells me I was doing satellite installation at the time. So I'm like, I'm all friendly. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, sir. I live right around the street. My, you know, this is what's going on with us. Can you give me an hour so I can at least go by and say bye bye to our, you know, to our foster baby? You, he was cool with it. So you know, I had a song that she just, I just sing to her and she just smiled. That's the only person I've ever sang to and smiled. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't sing. I can't sing. But thankfully, she was that, was, no, she wasn't, that wasn't that wasn't gas. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's one thing about what we do. I it hurts. It does. It it, it rips your heart out. It's and an emotional I, roller coaster. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes it you know they don't give us enough consideration when it comes to children. Yeah, yeah. they're going home. They're they're going back yeah. to their bio family, but. We were that family, too. You know, a little bit of consideration, a little bit of time. That particular situation, what hurt me, too, too also, is I felt like they said that it was um, with the, uh, it was the guardian ad litem at the time. They kept that push for it. No, she's got to go back to her home. She's got to go now, now, now. But you don't realize this one month old to five month old, that four months she's bonded with us, too. So you traumatized the child pulling her away just like that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So they should have eased into it a little bit. Just a quick transition, a few weeks, anything. Right. Other than just, boom, got to come get her. I'm sorry, I have no choice. Boom, we have to get her in my... Luckily, she's our godchild now. So, Aww. I mean, like I said, I knew her parents. I knew her mom loved her. She just had circumstance. Um, we still see her. Still able to pick her up. People for weekends, whatever. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. awesome because all too often that does lucky. not happen. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. We've had our fair share of experiences, and I'll I'll save you the the visual of me 
taking my shirt off, but on this chest <laughs> over here, I've got I've got one little guy that stayed with us for his first year of life tattooed on me here. I've got a couple other tattoos over here for another pair, and these two, um, the, they were bonded so tightly, especially the little boy. He was a target abuse from his mm. mother, and um, when he went back, he went to his dad's, which dad got his head together, got his life straightened, and was do, doing the right things, right? Like, he was he was doing what he needed to do to take care of his kids, but when they did it, they decided the date to send them back, we had to take our little trailer and load up all their stuff in this trailer, and dragging an hour up the highway on Mother's Day. What? Yeah, that was, that was an awesome Mother's Day, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, my God. It really was not. That's the, that's the thing, man. It, it, it yeah. you know, it, it and, and we, you know that going in to a degree, they try to tell you, but it's like anything. You never know till you get it. Yeah. But it doesn't stop. And this is what I, I tell people, you know, people are like, well, I couldn't do that. I said, you, you got love, don't you? If you do, you rebound. I'm not gonna say it's not gonna hurt. I'm not gonna say you might not cry, but you know, you go through, you per- you persevere. But then, okay, I'm ready to open up my bed again. Who else can I get in here? Who else can I help? Who else can we partake into? You know, impart into yeah. As, as much as knowing that this person who comes into your life may not be there for you know an extended period of time, um, if we are able to show them that the love that we believe is is correct, that we believe that can help, that can heal, that can give them a seed of something to when they move on, can help them carry on, then, you know, if it's a revolving door, let it be so. It's worth it. It's that's, very that's much worth it. That's what they always say. It is worth it. And then after that experience, though, with the little one leaving, the first little one leaving, that's what made the uh, experience with our, our son now, our adopted son now, even more special because I, after that hurt, the first hurt, I went into it with, okay, he's going to be leaving. He's going to be leaving. He's going to be leaving. And it took he's us a while. And then, you know, they would always ask you if, if the option came up to adopt, would you do Yeah, sure, you know. But then one day it became real, like, really? I mean, he's not, you know. And right. I mean, the situation was entirely different. He did not have a good situation to quote unquote go back to per se but I still in, in my mind it was so fixated on he's going to be leaving he's going to be leaving he's going to be leaving. when things begin to change or sway or realize that he doesn't have to go it was a big it was a big you know it was like whoa okay this is real we're you know uh-huh. oh man what yeah, a handsome young man that's our oldest daughter this is uh, this our is little our guy kid. that's our little guy <laughs> They're both very beautiful. Oh, my gosh. What was funny is, you know, um, she's, what, 26? 26. Um, about to graduate from graduate school uh, in mental health and uh, clinical counseling. And uh, she would go through a period of, oh, no, I have no kids. Or, I'm this, I'm that, 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 that. But it was something. She came in the door. When she first saw him, she just fell in love. And she was <laughs> the one that would say, no, no, he's not going anywhere. And you better, you better not go anywhere. If you don't adopt him, I will. You know, she was like, he's not going anywhere. And she was serious. She was so serious. Which was like, her? Like, huh? <laughs> like, she was still showing up. But we were, we were all clearly in love with him. And just, you know, he came to us at, what, two and a half months, basically. Two and a half. It's amazing the power that a, a kid can have, you know, just by, by virtue of being them. We tell the story a lot. Amanda's grandma grew up in a small town in south central Missouri, 
And when she moved out of that town and came to St. Louis at 21 years old, that was the first time she'd ever seen a black person in her life in person. Like where she lived, there wasn't any. To this day, I'm not certain that we're not the most colorful family that's ever visited the little town of Ellington, Missouri. And, uh, you know, so she had some, some, we were kind of concerned about some issues and we decided to to foster. And we had a, a little guy, we called him Carl. Wasn't his real name. But Carl was the darkest skinned little boy you've ever met. I mean, he was so black, he was purple. I never met. Yeah. I never met a guy, a little guy as dark as he was. And I'll tell you what, she attached and bonded to that little baby so much that when a guy in the store, a man and, and him and, and, and her were in a store one day getting some groceries, and every time, you know, it's an old white guy, and he obviously had an issue. He, he was giving the stink eye every time they'd see him. And <laughs> Grandma was of the age she could get away with it. She finally decided she was done with it. She had had enough. And she kind of kind of lost her stuff. And she, <laughs> Let's just put it this way. With, with what she had to say, he left his cart where it was sitting. He left the grocery store. <laughs> wow. yeah, he didn't take his food with him that day. He was just ready to leave that embarrassment. But you know, that, yeah. and that came from, that came from a gal who, who we were concerned about having some race issues with, you know, because <laughs> the color on, on my camera is pretty crappy. I am what you would call ambiguously Brown. Nobody knows what my race is. When you look at me, I can fit into almost any people group. Amanda is very, very, very white. Um, you know, her, very pale. Her maiden name is McClanahan. She 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 carries the Irish genes well, and, and so when we walked around with with this little guy who was so dark, you know, it was obvious that something was you know A plus B does not equal C, and somebody, somebody did something, 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 something. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, there, there wasn't no, no way either one of us could have even cheated. Like he was <laughs> he was that dark. Like it was no question that that we were not biologically related to him. And we had a couple of those issues, but it's amazing how he was able to turn the hearts and minds of, of some people so much. Mm-hmm. And we've had wow. that experience with a lot of our kids because right now, let's see, in my living room, I have two, yeah, two mixed kids in there watching TV and one who is just pale skin, blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes. I mean, this kid is a poster boy for the Aryan Nation look, you know, and... <laughs> And let me tell you, they'll tell you this is my brother and this is my sister. And it's amazing how powerful that is when you get to take that out. Yeah. These kids have amazing power. You know, you talk about when you held that baby for the first time. You know, little Twitch we've got. Um, He came to us. How old was Twitch when we got him? Three or four days? He was 11 days old. That's right. I'm sorry. He spent his first 11 days on a methadone weaned down. Then he spent the weekend with family and a foster family. So he was right at two weeks when he came to yeah. us. He was 14. And, wow. And so when he came to us, he and I became came pretty tightly bonded. Amanda was spending a lot of time at the hospital with Our her daughter. Our daughter was really, really sick. And, and so he was like my little homie. You know, he, uh-huh. I, I just walked around all the time, carried him like a little football. And, and that bond, it's, it's amazing for all the people who say, I don't want to get that. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't get that attached. And you know, the story is: is if you are going to get that attached, you're the one we need in here. You know, all right. you're doing all right. I that agree. That is so true. So true. Because yeah. you're going to give it your all no matter what. You have to. That's it. You know, there's no way to. If there is a way to do that, why would you want to put that wall there? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. These children, they don't need that wall. They need to experience true love. You know what I'm saying? That. That, that love that they obviously weren't getting or, you know what I'm saying? They need that. They need to see it. Even for, like you said, if it's just a matter of a, 
whatever time it may be, if you can impart that into a child, why wouldn't you? You give your all, you know, and you don't want to separate them from biological or look at them any differently. Same with stepchildren or anything else. You don't want to do that. Just pour out the love. That's what we all need, you know. That's it. And it don't matter if they're biologically connected. Right. It doesn't matter if they have the same race or a different race. You know, mm-hmm. none of that None of that matters. And it doesn't matter. It's I never mattered in our family. To me, though, as a foster parent, you know, they ask you what you can do, what you can't do, or what you would like, you know. Um, I'm, I actually have never signed up for to take a child other than, you know, African-American child. I haven't because it's intimidating to me. So just because of society, just because of society. Not because of love, but just because of society. So that's a, that's a, you know, I don't know if I'll ever embark on that or not. Maybe I can, or maybe if, if the option, if it comes up and they just need someone, I will. Look, it's there. Hi. Oh, what <laughs> a cutie. Good today. Yeah, this is our four-year-old. This is actually Twitch. Yeah. This was our yeah. two-week-old. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's like Cammy do same thing, Cammy. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you can go watch your if, he came down, if he came down here, that's the first thing he'd do. Then he'll be like booty, booty, booty. So that's you know. right. Then he'll run off. Yeah. You know, he'll get going, run off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad mine aren't the only one to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's a thing. It's like you know because we we signed that when we signed up, Missouri gives us the option to make all those same decisions, which I think mm-hmm. is a great idea because yeah. you know even if you're a completely you know. I don't want to say colorblind. I think that's the wrong word. A color-aware person, right? You, you, you can see it and handle it and it doesn't bother you, right? But if you've uh-huh. got close family members, it does. And that's, that's going to affect the kids. Absolutely, because you know? they know. Yeah. They know. you got to know Foster how to handle children are one of the most, they, They're the smartest, some of the smartest children street-wise. You know, that's what they've been through. That's yeah. what they've been through. They've been through more trauma, more this, more situations than some of us as adults. So they can tell you who's right, who's wrong. They can go out and pick out, well, this is a false person, this ain't nobody. Yeah. You know, okay, well, they choose, you know, love each other more sometimes than we can. So, yeah, they, they pick that out real quick. Absolutely. And then that's when you get family fights. <laughs> you know what? It was, it was through our first placement that we learned how it even impacts the family. You know, all this time we were thinking about us, but not only was, like, that first child when she was, when she was removed or whatever, or went back home, rather, it impacted all of us. I mean, it, our, you know, my in-laws, my, you know, my, my mother, I was, it, that is when it really set in, I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that child becomes a part of your family, not just your immediate family. You have to think beyond that. So when we got our little guy now, um, I remember mm-hmm. your sister, his sister had sent a message saying that she just, you know, she was still kind of hurt from what happened before. And, you know, they were a little more standoffish this time, initially. Mm-hmm. Um because of that, but and I couldn't fault them for feeling that way. I get it. They were a little more that way because they didn't sign up to be fosters. We did in a sense. Yep. So right. if her heart wasn't ready to deal with that, oh, they can be here and okay, they can be gone. And it was like, okay, I can, I can accept that. I mean, it wasn't about the love. They loved them. They were like, we love them. They were like, uh huh, you know, from afar. Right, right. <laughs> yep. I can't, you know, oh, you know, you're going to leave me, you know. And, and so it's, it just really impacted me to understand that it's bigger than just us. It is bigger than just us that's being impacted and affected by it. So, yeah. yeah. And but that, all in all, I just say for people when they're considering it, always just tell them it is worth it. Look at that child. It's not you giving them something. It's worth it. It's a roller coaster. You're dealing with all these different entities, the courts or agencies, the counties, you know, 
you're dealing with all the, the biologicals, you're dealing with all this kind of stuff. But in the end, it's all about that child. That's all I want to see is what that child needs. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned something earlier. Um, the One of the kids that you had in your house that um, you said that, you know, you, you're the godmother now. And, you know, the, the godparents of this child. And I think that speaks a lot to at least being aware of the, of the fact that that you have to treat the biological family like they're part of this whole thing, too, because it's so yeah. easy. You know, we, we can tell stories. I can tell stories about, you know, some of the abuse, some of the neglect. I can tell you about, you know, parents who dropped dead because uh, with a heroin needle in their neck. I can tell you about a mama who, who abused her kids terribly, like, I mean, like you don't want to hear and it's really easy to sit back and talk about how can you do that to a kid? She's horrible. She's this. She, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with him. Why? Why wouldn't you? It's so easy to get judgmental, and, and I'm yeah. certain, you know, from, from the the I grew up in in a real religious, you know, kind of cult like religion. But I see it in every religion. Judgmentalism is something that sneaks in real easy there. It, it's something that's real Absolutely. easy to get to that point, and it's so easy to be judgmental about the bio family. And not be, not be supportive of the the track of them to reunify on the inside. I mean, you can say it on the outside all day long, but it's easy to get yep. to the point where, like, why would you want this kid to go back into that? That's a horrible person. What has helped you guys to be able to to be in that situation and give that to the bio parents and not judgmentalism, but give them the opportunity to to succeed and get their kids back, and to the point where you're still allowed to be a part of their life. I think as Christians, number one, really trying to be a Christian. How about that? You're trying to be a true Christian. And that's I hear you. Or something, but actually trying to walk, actually walk in the walk. I think that's helped us both. It's not in our heart to, I think, be, you know, it's not in my heart to be judgmental in essence. With the first, like I said, I knew, I felt it on the inside, like I said, from the first child, you know, that she was going to go home and I could tell her mother loved her. She had a family that loved that, you know, loved her and she was going to go back home with our son. Now and his situation was different, but I'll tell you what, his biological mom, um, she was a foster herself. See, she'd already been through trauma and issues and this and that. So how can I, you know what I'm saying? And she never got her relationship together with her own mom, which kind of, you can see how it all lent into his situation and oh, starting yeah. into how it did, you know, and I even followed her for a bit on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Because her page was kind of open because I felt like if I just keep up with whatever's going with her, number one, I'll know she's still alive because the behavior she engages in is not healthy. But number one, I'll know she's still alive because one day he's going to be asking about her, you know? Yeah. And I still, that still doesn't mean that she didn't love him, but she just had her own unresolved mm -hmm. issues. And I, I, I mean, you could just, you can see these things. So it's like, I, I told her one time in one of the meetings, and I believe that that helped. I, I Somehow I believe that helped her, and I hope it gives her peace. I told her he's not a placement to us. He's a part of our family. I wanted her to understand, especially since she had been in the system herself. We now look at him as a placement. He's, he's a part of our family, and she could see, you know, you have to bring pictures and stuff sometimes to the meetings. One of the few meetings she came to and stuff like that. Um, his smile and his, you know, the love and just, you know, she could, she could see that. And I, I thank God for that. I feel like maybe that made some difference. Um, she never revealed, well, the, the person who was supposed to be biological dad wasn't dad. 
And we thank God that the one who was supposed to be biological dad wasn't dad. It was proven by DNA because he had uh, yeah, issues, issues, mm-hmm. serious issues. So his I name, thank God. He, he thought it was Prince. His no, don't, was, so, don't say that. Don't I say that. Okay. I don't okay. want to say name, but his name was simple. Okay. Name. Yeah, but yeah, he um, he had serious issues. Even some, yeah, uh, like what what those things they send out people in your area who's got um. Sexual predators. Yeah, yeah. He's even had some of those issues. So we thank God he wasn't the dad. How about that? Oh, but absolutely, she, In the yeah. end, she didn't reveal dad unless she truly didn't know. She didn't reveal. She said he could just stay where he's at. And I thank God because guess what? If she had before that adoption went through, then what? Mm-hmm. You know, they did their due diligence, but she didn't go back and give any other name. And if they had done that, we might not have him today. He might be with some other people on whoever the dad side is, but I mean, we we just we're just grateful and thankful, grateful and thankful for who we have. But no, I I I don't have it in my heart to be judgmental to them or pretty much I try not to be to anyone else because we're all going through stuff, you know. God forbid our situation was like theirs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We we <laughs> we interviewed a lady um, a while back, Auburn Dudley, I think is who it was who said, you know, and she's a case manager and a foster mom and an adoptive as well. And she says, you know, I'm just thankful that nobody is trying to judge my life based on the worst day. And that's, that's a lot of time what foster care becomes, you know, you made this mistake and this is what we're going to judge you on for the, the totality of this, of this placement hearing, you know, and this might be the next two years, you know, and, that's not what a lot of people want to be judged on. I mean, we talked to um, Amy, I believe was her name, and she was a she was the bio parent in a situation. She's one of the few bio parents who had a story that she was willing to come and tell it, right? And mm-hmm. the the basic gist is when the cops kicked her door down and put her wife and or put her husband and her and kid on the floor at gunpoint, they found roughly ten thousand dollars worth of meth in her pocket. And she was, yeah, she was admittedly, she told the story. She was, she was dealing. She'd gone from recreational use to addicted to dealing. And, you know, once she lost her kids into the foster care system, she went, oh, this is real. I got to change. And because she was able to see that there were some people in her, you know, that, that were really on her side. And it wasn't even the foster family because the foster family she had was actually kinship placement that had a lot of judgmental issues. But the the county workers were working with her real hard. And today she has her kids back. Today she's working two jobs. Today she's she's been clean. I think I want to say I saw a post a a couple months ago on Facebook. She posted she's been clean for two or three years now. Oh, such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's because somebody was willing to give her that piece. And like I said, it's so easy. God bless you if, if you don't have it in your hearts to be judgmental. Um, it's all over my heart, and I got to fight it on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, I just don't. I just I can't um, because I think from the first, I think because we had, I mean, you know, there are certain things. I, mean, I, 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 I you know, there are certain things I'd be like, ah, eh, or something. But I think because of our first experience and knowing how um, our first place's mother really just had a bad set of experiences. You know, it set a tone to to not look at the like you said the worst day of their lives more so than look at the total whole of it. 
And when you see a foster parent that's trying, when you see a foster parent that's getting their stuff together, I mean, not a foster parent, but a biological that's getting their stuff together, that's doing what they're supposed to do, um, it it shows for itself, you know, so to where judgment doesn't really get a chance to also come in, you know, as heavily or as a flood. So that helped us the first time because we saw, oh, wow, that was just not really cool for that period of time. This doesn't seem to be your norm. So let it be what it be. Um, and with our adopted son now, it wasn't as judgmental, it's just as what is what was brought before us. You know, <clears throat> um, she didn't show up. Uh, yeah, she, she didn't do this. She, she, she didn't try know. to go through what they wanted her to do, make classes or whatever. Classes, she wasn't trying to. Having an address, knowing where she lived, anything that they asked her to do to, to solidify a reunification, she did nothing. Of course, it worked out for us, but it's still an unfortunate situation. But it's just we 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 go, we go by what we see on the continuum. You know, show us your fruit. What is what is what is your fruit? A tree can bear a bad fruit here and there, but let's see what you're doing over time. Let's see what you do over the season. Do you is your tree all bad apples, or do you just have one? You know, every other harvest. Um, and and that's where it comes to where you build a case, and you know, we 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 figure on it at that, but. Yeah, I think that the first placement that we had helped us to see that everything is not always as it appears. You know, and we haven't been so long into it that we're jaded. You know how people get into it for years oh and my God, they yeah. just get jaded. We hear such stories where yeah. we have to go back and take classes and stuff. We'd be like, oh. Doing this 20 years and this amount of years and this some of the stuff they say, you know, especially when you're a newbie, a new foster or something too, and they're telling you all these things. Like, oh, you're going to do well. We go off and like, Let's not listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Let's just do our case by case, individual by individual, and let's do it the way we know how. Let's just. You that's know, all you can do. And then what you experience, you experience. And that's yeah. it. So that's about it in a nutshell for that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's a real powerful piece, I think, though, because, you know, for foster parents or listen, especially the new ones, you know, it, it's real easy to, to let that judgmentalism turn into something that's not healthy for the kid. And always keeping that yeah. in your mind and understanding that the best thing for any child, and I know this is this is controversial to some people, but the best thing for any child is to have a, a biological mom and a biological dad who love them and will put away their mess and grow up and be the parents that take care of them. That's what's, contro- yeah. what, what's controversial about that? Well, some people... A lot of parents, okay. yeah. A lot of foster okay, parents. Let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. Okay. <laughs> That, but I mean, people have a hard time with that sometimes. But it, it's true, and what you're saying is exactly right. Because and it's that's like why it's right. some people don't believe in giving that biological person a second chance. You know, sometimes they don't believe in that. But it's just that would be judgmental to just say all of them. Nope, they did this. They can never get the child back. Ah, ever. I don't have any more. You know, no, you know, <laughs> you just can't. Number one, you can't control that anyway. But no, so everybody. We believe in people getting a second chance. Everybody deserves. So, and we've all gotten second, thirds, and whatever in our lives, but we're not yeah. perfect people. We get second, thirds, and maybe not in that area, but in another area. Exactly. It's just that this year, we all are able to try to redeem ourselves. And, and you know what? And that, that, chance, that doesn't take away from feeling like, oh my God, why did you do this to this child? No. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It doesn't. And, and you know, it's like, okay, own up to it. You were a piece of crap right there. <laughs> but let's change that around. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's work at it. Let's get better at it. And let's be better people, just in general. You know, just let's, let's be better people. Because, you know, I I would love to think I'm perfect. 
Oh my god! In my world, I am. <laughs> yeah. no. I, I might have one of those sitting next to me. Down that road, but I'm far from it. So you know, it's you know, I I have no, to. Far. No, I'm just kidding. You know what? <laughs> Well, Darren, you, try to, you, you try to do your best every day to make yourself the best person that you can be. Really? Every day, huh? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Next, please. I need to say that one more time. Don't worry, it's recorded. <laughs> All right. The best person you can be will be up there sweeping that floor right now. Thank you very much. Oh, the best person you can be will come <laughs> Dishes from the dishwasher. Uh huh. <laughs> we, we didn't mean to cause all that. <laughs> oh man! I can't believe it, Jason. I can't believe it. <laughs> hey, I, I feel your pain. I, Amanda looked at me when when she said, you know, or, or when you said, you know, love to believe you're the perfect. She, I don't know if you saw her eyes, but I think I think they drilled a couple holes right there inside of my head. <laughs> They may have. You might be a little scorched there on the side. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll survive, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll make it through. Live to fight another day. But Teresa, I wanted to ask you. You said that you said that you were you were wanting to to foster from like middle school, right? That's that's an uncommon thing. What is it? Do you have something in your, in your past, or is it just something that that you feel like was put in you from a young age? What what led you towards that? I don't know if I can put my finger on it. I went through a lot of things, my own trauma, if you will, to some degree. Um, things that I didn't recognize as trauma, of course, then, but later on in life come to understand. But I, I guess it was just about, I don't know, me feel, I always just want to help somebody else or seeing something. And if you saw them alone or if you saw this, just want to see the good or you just want to help somebody. I, I don't know. It always attracted me. That type of thing always attracted me. You know, if you saw it on TV or something, you just want to help. Why should these, it was a, it, it was like my it, a, an innocent way of thinking about it to a degree. Why should this person be alone? Why should this person not have a mom and dad? Why should this person be hungry? Why should this person, you know, kind of a save the world attitude, I think at that age, you know? Well, I'm glad you held on to it because as we get older, we tend to let go of those dreams, especially the dreams that make a big difference in the world. And I'm glad you hung on to it because it looks like you got a hold of a guy who's who's got the right <laughs> mindset to do it as well, even yeah. if he's not exactly perfect every day. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't have to cook, though. Oh, Lord. There you go. <laughs> we, don't need, we don't even want to go out to I mean, restaurants as much anymore. <laughs> I told him he spoiled me with that now with this cooking and all these different things. I, I'm not impressed or feel the need. Well, try this restaurant, try this restaurant. I just tell him what I want. You know, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, Darren, you just you just probably need to stop talking soon or you're going to get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dinner's coming soon. <laughs> I don't hey, look. I got I got chickens upstairs. I'm about to put on the grill once we're done. So yeah, I, I don't know if you, if you can send it that fast. You know, if you can get it from Cleveland <laughs> to St. Louis in a couple hours, but we might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be hungry tonight, and I think it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there is there any places where you want people to be able to find you guys online on, on your Facebook or, or you know information about your all geared up or the Cleveland Dads group or Social Bunny has all that. 
<laughs> we um, all, most of my my personal social media is Darren W Carter. Okay. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, at Darren W Carter. Um, for the Cleveland Dads Group, it's uh, for the website. It's Cleveland Dads. Um, clevelanddadsgroup.com and it's basically the same thing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, all geared up. Um, all geared up. Info. They can find it, and it's also all geared up on Facebook and Instagram. So if you hit the Facebook or anything like that, you'll find all the other social media uh, things there. And um, yeah, I got a blog, but it's kind of dusty. We don't want people to see my hoarder blog it's, it hasn't been written in maybe a couple of years so if i ever get that up we'll uh i'll make sure on my social sites we'll uh we'll have that but you know and and, and through instagram and, and mostly instagram and facebook is my journey which includes her a child barbecue it's it's, I, it's life yeah it's like we're, we're kind of open with that the things that happen the big things bad things small things um because you never know who it helps uh, who it encourages, or who's out there that went through the same thing kind of, that can encourage you when you need it. So. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you guys jumping on here today with us and talking about your journey. And I'm certain that somebody out here listening will be inspired by your journey. If you have anything for Dan and Teresa, be sure and reach out to them on their socials. If you have any questions for us, reach out at fostercareuj at gmail.com. And as always...